Hey guys, it's Sarah from Queen City Creeps, and you're about to listen to our very first live episode recorded here in Springfield, Missouri on July 27th at Moon City Pub. Thanks and enjoy. Bye. Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. This is Sarah, and I am here with Shelby. Hello. And Jennifer. Hey. And we have a very special guest tonight. That is the entire fucking Moon City Pub. Make some noise, guys. Yeah. So now, Sarah, I would assume there's about, what, five to 7,000 people out there? That's about right? <laughs> I, I think that's accurate. Yeah, that's what I heard. They will okay, totally great. fit in this bar Absolutely. in Springfield, Missouri. Yes. Perfect. All right, well... We have a couple of stories. It's a little bit different. The idea tonight, folks, is that you are actually going to be able to participate in the storytelling with us. How excited are you right now? Are you really excited? Awesome. That was like a three, so. (laughs) I need a seven. Can we do a seven? Come on. How excited are you? I need need gratification, so you guys are going to have to help me out a little bit, okay? A three was all I expected, if I'm being honest with you. Really? Yeah. We know most of these people. Yeah. Okay. Well, right <laughs> all, on. All, all 4,500 of them, yeah. Okay, so as I previously mentioned, if you have questions, if you have stories, if you have something really interesting that you want to tell us, write it on that slip of paper that's got some legal jargon on the back. I'm not going to sell your soul, but you need to put it in this picture in the front because that's the only way I'm going to let you on this fucking stage. Does it sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Two people, yes, they agree. <laughs> Fantastic. I feel like that's a fair representation of the crowd. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. All right, awesome. So we are going to start off with an icebreaker. Um, who remembers when Michael Stockton was part of this podcast? Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody? So a few uh, of you. I think I'm, I'm remember. like halfway up. I barely remember yeah, any of that. I saw yeah. him today. It's a real thing. Um, but it is actually a blood moon, lunar eclipse, full moon type situation. And his wife is about ready to have a baby right now. So he's not here. Um, we started the icebreaker question legitimately because Stockton had a really good story. I think you all heard us tease the Mexico story a couple, like a month ago, two months ago, a million years ago. I have no fucking idea. Okay, cool. Um, so instead of that, we're just going to tell you our best vacation stories. Who wants to kick it off? Yours is going to be really good. I already know this. M- mine is also a Mexico story, so I can oh. I can fill in for Stockton if you'd like. Okay, so imagine this Mexico story times two. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So this is also uh, the Shelby origin story. I don't know how to explain that any better than I had several awakenings in the course of seven days in Mexico. Awakenings? Uh, we'll go with Awakenings. Perfect. How old were you? Uh, for the sake of this argument, because it is entirely too young for any of these stories, let's go with six. <laughs> it's not accurate, but it sounds better than the actual age. That makes me really uncomfortable and excited. Fan-fucking-tastic. So, uh, I, I went to Mexico with my father and my grandmother. I don't know why. It seemed like a terrible idea at the time, but for some reason they goaded me into this because Mexico. Your grandmother? Yeah. 
Okay. I know you didn't know I had one of those. She's very <laughs> Catholic. She does not listen to this podcast. Your mother loves me, but I didn't know you had a grandmother, no. <laughs> That's also true. Um, so I was in Mexico, and I was there for all of about a day whenever I found the uh, all-you-can-drink bracelet for the resort, because I was not old enough for the all-you-can-drink, though we had paid for such things. At six, I assume, no, you at, wouldn't at be. At six years old, yes. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the joke. Continue. Uh, so I found this bracelet, and I went, wow, this is my golden ticket. Let's fucking do this thing. So I proceeded to get fucked up for uh, five days. Five full days in yes. Mexico. And in cool. the course of all this, I ended up meeting this really nice dude... Don't read too much into that. Uh, <laughs> older guy, and we we kind of we, we sat around and talked for a little while. It seemed like it was friendly, whatever. And then I met his son and his daughter, who were closer to my age. You so know, six. Se- they were seven and eight years seven old. Seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with seven or <laughs> cool. eight at this point. Yeah. Uh, if we go with the actual difference, they were like uh, nine and twelve, probably. So they didn't know I was six. And. Wait, uh, I want to know how old you actually were. Actually, I know how old you were, but I want you to say... I don't want you to I, say it out loud. I was 14 years old. Holy fuck, it was a bad Shelby. Choice. So, I end up uh, doing a number of illegal substances with this guy's son. Uh, one of my first times doing hard drugs, which happened to me in Mexico, which is a great place to do hard drugs for the first time, by the way. Because they're good <laughs> quality there. Well, yeah. yeah, and I'm on a full, like, a, a all-expenses-paid resort, so I can eat all the chocolate cake I want to while I'm high on coke, so that's pretty neat. Okay. So that's going well. Me and this dude are just doing all the blow, whatever. And then in the course of all this, uh, I end up meeting his sister. And we already see where this is going. I've heard so, your stories before, so I do know exactly where this is going. So that's the, what people pay for. So the best part of this story, though we all know the ending, is that apparently she was roomed directly next to my grandmother, who then complained the next day about the loud kids next door. That was fantastic. I felt good about that, all said and done, because I was like, well, it was a first-time thing, but yeah, no, I figured it out, which You did a great. good job on your first time, so that's what's important. I did fine. I, I don't yeah. know. I've really never figured out the, the secret to it up to this point in my life, so I'm hoping for the best at this point. You just tried really hard, and that's what's important. Right. I'm, right. I at least give my best effort every time. Every time. Good so, job, Shelby. So that all happened. Grandma was mad at me. And then the next day, I climbed the, uh, the Mayan sun period, uh, p- period, pyramid. That's the one at uh, Chichen Itza, and felt like a fucking god. It's a live so. podcast, you guys. We're going to talk about periods. It's this super shit's still exciting. in there. Yeah. Sorry. So that was my uh, best vacation story. Whenever I was nine years old, six years old, whatever I was in Mexico. Perfect. Where I, all this shit started. Every yeah, last so bit of it. The true origin story of Shelby, right here. Fucking gross. Amazing, yes. Jabo. Have you got one? No, because as you guys know. I am not a risk taker. If you've listened to the podcast, you'd know that. Yeah. So literally all my vacations have either been with my parents, and there's no risk taking there or anything fun, really. Or um, last year I went with my boyfriend and his friends, who I really didn't know at all um, at the time. And that's just more like interesting personalities. Other than that, nothing really crazy happened. Okay. I know, I'm boring. Gotcha. So out of curiosity, vacation-wise, how many fanny packs do you own? Zero? My mother owned many. And definitely many? in the 90s. What color are they? Multicolored. Does like she wear them regularly? The no. Okay. Gotcha. No. All right, Sarah, you're up. Okay, well, I could talk about the time that my mother and I went to southern France and Italy, but I will not because my mom is here, you guys. A round of applause for my mom. Woo, mom. 
and then I almost got mugged on a road in Vin or in Nice uh, by a bum, but I won't talk about that because she was at our hotel at the time, and I was kind of drunk at an inappropriately young age, so we won't talk about that. Um, but recently, I went to New Orleans with my fam, specifically my two-year-old daughter. I tried to go to the uh, Death Museum that's down there. Um, because she's two and she doesn't remember things and she's also real cool so it'll be fine but the owner of said museum was kind of uptight he was not down for a two year old he wanted me to like strap her to my chest but she's almost as big as my whole torso so that didn't really work Um, we're wandering around the uh, gift shop and there are many stuffed animals and by stuffed I don't mean like teddy bears. I don't mean like fun things. I mean like taxidermy fucking animals. And there is a goat that's right at face level with her and she's very interested in it. And I was looking at buying a t-shirt or something that we could give away to our fans because that'd be super exciting. But at the same time, I'm watching this small blonde child just heavily eyeball this goat. She keeps looking at it. I was like, Eliza, don't do it. Just don't touch it. She looks at me dead in the eyes and keeping eye contact slaps this goat across the face. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? So it's she hits it hard enough with her tiny little meaty hand that it wobbles back and forth. And the guy is just like, what? No. He's like, you need to keep her on you. I won't charge you for her, but she can't walk through this. There are pointy things that she could hit. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I was so enraged. It was horrible. I she looked you dead in the eye. She, she kept eye contact the whole time. She's so stubborn. It's horrible. Like, many of you have met her. She's a terrible person. Um, but, yeah, eye contact the whole time and slapped this goat. So then I was annoyed because I couldn't go through the death museum, and I had walked all that way for nothing. And there was a hurricane, so I couldn't go to the beach, and I was real sad. Your story is better than all of ours. I feel like that flow fat fell flat because Stockton's not here. I'm really sorry about that. Also, that I was a degenerate from the age of six. I That's have, my bad. I have no good stories about where I banged someone for the first time. You'll get there. I'll get there someday. Perfect. So, friends, who is ready for our first story? You ready for this? People in the front. All right. All right. Perfect. Yeah, okay. that's fair. So, ooh, there's kind of a lot in here. There's not that many in here. You guys, I need more stories. Give me better stories. You've read here. the stories that are in there. I need more. You don't know if they're better. I need more. Fine. I'm greedy. I want all the things. Okay. So, I'm ready to tell you guys a story about a man that was turned into a voodoo doll. Who's excited? Also uh, me. Two people. Are That's you cool. are you titillated? Yes. Perfect. That's yes. what I want in my life. Okay, so, a little while ago, think back, 1997, a Brayton, Florida city worker found a severed human hand along the Manatee River in November of 1997. Now, guys, this is surprisingly common in Florida. Because people happens. in Florida are fucking crazy. This I happens. have said this many times. Right. Um, so they already knew that because the hand was so waterlogged, it would be nearly impossible to get fingerprints and to try and determine whose hand it was. So the detective actually worked with these like crime lab technicians 
and they put the fingertips on the crime lab te- crime lab technician's hands and fingerprinted it that way. Yep. It took a little bit. There was some effort involved, but they got the job done. Now, it turned out that the hand actually belonged to Willie Suttle. He was a 70-year-old man, and his fingertips were, or fingerprints were actually on file because he'd spent a little bit of time in jail in the Manatee County Jail. The problem was is that old Willie had died five months previously of natural causes. So why would his hand show up in the river, right? Uh, confused and more than a little bit concerned, the police actually decided that the best course of action would be to exhume Settle's body and, from its grave at the New Memphis Cemetery where he was buried. Um, and it turns out that his daughter had actually said that she'd ask he'd, that he'd be cremated, not buried. So she was also confused. All right, so they exhumated this body which is a little questionable. And it turns out that his left hand was, in fact, missing. Dun, dun, dun. But because this is fucking Florida, it actually got even weirder. Upon further inspection of the body, the police discovered that Willie's hand had been cut off from his wrist and that his forearm had been wrapped in plastic and pins had been stuck in the body's arms and legs. And when the authorities actually x-rayed his body, they found that two dozen dolls were inside of his body cavity. Like sex dolls, right? That's what we're dealing with? Like (laughs) the big blow-up ones? That'd be a really big body. That would be a big body, yeah. Yeah. I don't know Willie Tuttle's situation. I'm not sure where he's at. No, no, no. No, Shelby. They were small. They were handmade, and they were fucking voodoo dolls. And around each one of these dolls was a personally handwritten note with somebody's name on it. So, an example of one of these notes would be, Richard Woody, be gone and may you rot in your grave. Um, Curse him as I have cursed him, spoil him as I spoil him by the fire at night. So this is fucking creepy. There's a lot of voodoo names invoked in these notes. And as you can imagine, people were a little stressed out because the police would show up and be like, who do you have that would be working this voodoo magic against you and they're like I don't fucking know I'm a I'm a funeral home director because all of these voodoo dolls were attached to funeral home names so the police detectives uh, put together the evidence and they really realized that all of them were involved with funeral homes like I said except for one and he was the ex-husband of the woman that owned Green's funeral home now her funeral home was not listed on these voodoo dolls So it's pretty obvious who did this. Um, Funny story, Green's Funeral Home was actually the one that actually performed the embalming of Mr. Settle's body. So, right there, that tells you what's going on. So, drumming up business more than anything else. I think she's drumming up business, yes. That's what I have to assume. 100%, yeah. Okay, so the police interviewed her, and in less than an hour, Mrs. Paula Green Albritton, who was in fact an unlicensed embalmer, Admitted to the whole thing. Um, she said that removing Settle's hand was actually part of what she called a voodoo ritual helping hand. And she kept it in good luck for over five months in the funeral home just to keep things going really well. But, like, where in the funeral home? Where did this hand live in the course of all this? I mean, I assume, like, her bedside table. I was thinking, like, bathroom, bathroom. for some reason. I don't know. 
Like dangle it from the shower head or something so you see it every morning? I don't really know. Just like, Willie, you are here to help. Right, it's a scalp massage at a certain point. Ew. Uh, I'm just saying if you hang in the bedroom, like, it's, it's rotting flesh. It's going to be a little humid. Like, that's not a good thing. How humid is your bedroom? My bathroom? Bedroom. I thought you said bathroom. You said bath. You said bedroom. Don't judge the humidity of any part of my house, Shelby. We keep it steamy. Fair enough. Okay. So, perfect. Uh, the names of all of Paula's enemies were written nine times on each note because she said that she personally saw nine as the number of death. Personally, I see... I don't have any number that I think signifies death. Do you have a number that signifies death? Uh... Three. Jibo? I would think six because the devil, I don't know. <laughs> because, because the devil, I don't know. Because the devil signifies death. Okay. Yeah, right. So, in addition to all of her competitors in the mortuary business in Palmetto, Florida, where this happened, um, she'd also written her ex num- ex-husband's name a number of times, all with different curses involved. So, she was real pissed at her ex-husband. So when all was said and done, five months after I assumed the hand was getting a little stinky like you do, Settle's hand was placed in a weighted plastic bag and thrown into a river in a second ritual with various incantations muttered as it disappeared into the river. But. 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 Paula had not weighted the plastic bag down enough, you guys. And it didn't take long for the plastic bag to tear open and for the hand to wash up on the side of the river where it was found. So, had she been a little more careful about where she kept her hands, this wouldn't have been an issue. Story of my life. Same. (laughs) Same. Okay, so she was sentenced to a year in prison. A year for desecrating a corpse, you guys. Uh, But an appeals court later overturned the conviction because when the police had actually talked to her, they promised that she would not be... um, Prosecuted because it was part of a religion protected by the U.S. Constitution. So, she spent like six months in jail. It's fine. So, my moral from that story is I have the wrong religion. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Duly noted. Excellent. Um, And also, when being spoken to later on, Alberta said that she said the... The purpose of the ritual was not to better her own life, but to actually bring peace to her poor friend, Dear Willie, who she'd never met ever in her whole life. So there you go. And that is the story of a human voodoo doll. Thank you. Very exciting. It's so exciting. Isn't that super weird? I'm, I've got one. You've got... Yes. Why is it so, that every time I talk about someone being like a corpse desecrated, you get a boner? I have a type. As do I. We all know this. It's all right. fine. We ready to get somebody up here to do this thing? Who's excited to come up on stage? Who actually is excited to come up on stage to put a story in here? Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. So, somehow fewer people. <laughs> there was aggressive clapping. It's fine. We I'll have we have fans. Dang it. I see that. I know it's very exciting. It is. Okay. Marshall, with the imaginary friend. Marshall, come on up. up There he is. This guy isn't even here to see our podcast. He doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on right now, folks. I was just like, 
tell me something interesting on this. And he wrote something about a fucking imaginary friend. So cool. there we go. Well, here we oh, are yeah. then. No, that's fine. I really don't need any more because that's going to, oh, I'm going to slur. <laughs> that's okay. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you, Marshall? Great. How are you, Marshall? I'm great. Are you a regular to Moon City Pub? No, it's the first time. This is the first time you've I'm ever like been here. Like a virgin. Here. It's awesome. What? What Ooh. a delight. Welcome guys. home, Marshall. Welcome home. Don't tell this anyone. is the best bar in Springfield. Clap for that. Mike and Glenda are amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Cannot disagree. Perfect. Okay, so I can't read your handwriting. Well, nobody can. So that's, that's part of my secret. A voice used to be heard. I'm not going to read this out loud because I feel like there are spoilers. There are spoilers. No, but tell you the story. Tell no, me t- the story. Tell your story, Marshall. Right okay. now. That's what this is all about. Okay, so... We had in our home, we would hear a child's voice every once in a while, and it would be a young girl, and you would hear her call out for mom or something like that, and we would never really think too much about it, and when my youngest daughter, who was probably four at the time, Uh started talking about an imaginary friend, right? and she named this imaginary friend Sebi. Which was a really weird name. That is, I would say that's up there with Rory, yep. which is from Amityville. So, so we're sitting there, we're listening to these stories, and she would tell us things that Sebi would tell her, mm-hmm. and she would start to describe things that were basically Civil War era elements. And that was here in Springfield. Here in Springfield. Where was this house in Springfield? Uh, southeast corner. Really? Okay. Okay. So. So as, as time progressed, we got a little bit more stories, a little bit more stories. So just out of, you know, avid curiosity, we decided to look it up online. And sure enough, we found a, a, uh, a Sebi that was killed in the Civil War in Springfield. And part of the story was that her mother and father were, were uh, doctors. And sure okay. enough, this kid who had died, their father, her father was a doctor and her mother was a nurse. And... There was a battle somewhere around here, and, and she ended up dying. Oh, wow. And so you would hear this voice, and they would play. You would hear the voice, and you would hear the kids play. And this went on. It was, it was kind of harmless. And then eventually, after about a couple of years, they kept introducing a, a darker figure into the stories. So there was this element of somebody else. It wasn't just the Sebi character. So do you have any other kids or just the daughter? I have two. Two daughters. Okay. And my eldest is over there. See, there you go. Hi, eldest. (laughs) Hello. Did she she make you come tonight? No, I made her. Oh. So then after a while of of having this element of of the dark figure, Uh we eventually moved out of the house and, and that was that. Well, about six months after we moved out of the house, the house caught fire. Oh, wow. And it burned almost halfway. Half of the upper half was burned. And nobody could figure out what started the fire. It was a mysterious. We didn't start we, the fire. We didn't start, we didn't start, the, start the fire. fire. We, no, no, you thought that, too. Yeah. So, no, yeah, we didn't start the burning. fire. That's my awesome ghost story. Of wow. That's awesome, Marshall. That's Thank you, man. That was a great one. <laughs> now, that was, from, that was from the guy who didn't mean to come here tonight. <laughs> So the rest of you have a high watermark to hit now. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's really not that high. Dude, it was good. You had a creepy childlike voice in your house that was murdered during the Civil War. That's a pretty high watermark. That actually ended up being a a true element that we were able to trace. And the stories that she would tell were actually documented. We could go through some Civil War 
documents and find things that align. Now, whether it's the same person or not, you don't know. But sure, I why mean, you never really know. Why would a four or five year old even have those elements that you would talk about? That's awesome, uh, man. That's a, that's a cool well, story. Kids, I, ha- man. I have the fucking spooks. It's still, like, it's still it's still light outside. Creepy so I'm fucking kids. Right. All Ditto. of you. You were all creepy kids at one point. You're welcome. That's why, right, cool. that's why you're here now. Thank you, Marshall. Woo! All right, we're going to do another one, and then Shelby's going to tell a creepy-ass story one. about murder. Might I hope I? you're all excited. I, I think might. so. We'll are see. you? I don't know. I feel like you are. I'll find my way. Okay, where is Liz? 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 Here's the thing, All guys. right, Liz. If you don't put more names in here, I'm probably going to call your name because there aren't that many of you in here. So, and, she, and she knows a lot of you, so the name is already the there. the majority of you, I'll just start calling you by name. You're welcome. Yeah, no, All right. That's, that's Hi, Liz. You're precious. You're Hi, like Liz. the cutest person ever. All right, cool. Tell me about your nightmare. Uh, so I've had very vivid dreams. Excuse me, ever since I was a kid, uh, to varying degrees of, like, horrifying. And one of my most recent nightmares that I had was uh, about a black magic ritual that would transform high-class women into dolls. And it happened to me. What? It was really awful, because, like, they would break your ribs to make... The hourglass figure. Like the corset thing. Yeah, yeah but they did right it like, permanently, so every time I breathed, it hurt. Ooh. And <laughs> she's real cute, you guys, if you can't see her face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so another part of the dream was they would uh, remove your heel bone and insert a metal bar into your calf, so you're forever on high heels. And uh, in this dream, this happened to a whole bunch of women in this like high-class society. And by the end, I was like trying to... <laughs> lead a revolution to get the fuck out of there because we were all in so much pain. Be the revolution, Liz. Have you been watching be Handmaid's Tale? No, this was about two years ago. I oh, had this wow. dream. And, um, sell this. Write it down and sell it. It I'll, sounds like a legit movie. Like, Hulu that could be a movie. HBO will buy it and well, you will make uh, a shit ton of money. Major. I made it ah. a screenplay, so... Oh. There you go. By the end of the dream, I finally managed to escape and I found these, like, freedom fighters and they're like, what can we do for you? Like, what do you need? And I'm like... Fix my feet. I'm in so much fucking pain from being on my toes all day. And there's a lot of other like weird black uh, magic bullshit. And it was a really stressful dream. Let me tell you what. This I would pay money to see this for sure. I'm I, not I wish you watched that movie. Absolutely. That's... Uh, at the time, it was not fun. I woke up and I'm like, man, I gotta go to class now. <laughs> That's fair. Perfect. So, yeah, that was my weird, very like. I guess topical nightmare I had. Did the question is, did you think that you were gonna get pulled up on stage tonight? I no. <laughs> <laughs> well we're glad you're here. We're really yeah, excited. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, that was awesome. Cool. cool. Well, awesome. Thanks guys. <laughs> thank you. I think we have, have time for one more before I do my thing. Your and then we'll Papa story. Your yeah. little papa story. No, let's bring one more up. This was really short. Perfect. So. Awesome. We're just running through the list right now at this point. Yeah, you guys we, are we screwed. You're all, all coming up here. Up here. Yeah. Sorry. If you filled one out ironically, sorry. <laughs> not doing that one yet. Hold on. <laughs> what? So, Allison Strickland, 
And she literally wrote four words. Do you want to hear what the four words are? I do, yes. She has grandpa, house, exorcism, and boom. Allison, get up here. Please come up here. I want to hear how this ends. I love everything about what you wrote. (laughs) Right, so far so good. All four words. I love all four words, particularly grandpa and boom. I can't tell if this is like actually where I should be with my head. We can't ever tell either. Shelby just yells at us when we're wrong. You're you're about right, Allison. You're fine. Okay. Nope, you got it. Do you want headphones? We don't have headphones up here. We don't have headphones. That's not really an option right now. Okay, so um, first, I, I really want to describe my grandpa to you. Um, he is an older man, as grandpas tend to be. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, never once. Never <laughs> once. <laughs> he is a uh, former military chaplain, so he goes by the colonel, and that's what he tells everyone to call him. Wait, hold on. You call your grandpa the colonel? Well, no, I don't call him. I call him grandpa. Oh, what about grandpa I mean, That would be colonel. really weird. Grandpa colonel? He tells everyone who's not his favorite grandchild. Perfect. Okay, continue. Okay, so he has, like, the most adorable old man face, you know, with those, like, soft wrinkles, glasses, everything. Okay. Really get this picture in your head because him telling the story is fucking hilarious. That is a fucking adorable old man you it just described. It is such an adorable Imagine old man Allison, <laughs> but as an old man with wrinkles and a grandpa. The burden uh, her regrets adorable. weighing on yeah. her every day. Who was a military chaplain and saw all the death. Yeah. And he, he goes by the colonel again. And he goes by the colonel. Yeah. Uh, colonel that's, Allison. That's an important detail. Okay, so he, uh, in his military career used to live in Georgia, and he also has a master's in psychology, so he does a lot of counseling with people. He was counseling this woman, and they just moved into this really old house uh, in Hinesville, Georgia, a little town way out in the boonies, surrounded by those trees, you know, with the Spanish moss dangling, gives you a nice atmosphere of, holy shit, something's going to happen. So um, he's counseling this woman. They move into this house, and she starts saying that something's happening to her in the house, that she uh, senses things, right? Mm -hmm. And so my grandpa's like, all right, um, what exactly are you sensing? And she said, something has evil intentions toward me in this house. So my grandpa talks to her husband, and... The way he describes it is, apparently her husband was immune to this evil spirit because he didn't sense a fucking thing. Of course he was. So, wait, wait, when was this? What year was this? Oh, God, this would have been in the 70s. Okay, gotcha. All right, so 70s, Hinesville, Georgia, okay? So this woman talks to my grandpa and goes, um, listen, can you do an exorcism? And my grandpa is a Methodist minister okay so he doesn't do exorcisms like he doesn't i don't go think he's allowed to do an exorcism i don't exactly do yeah, exorcisms i'm a man of god but i don't do, do exorcisms <laughs> they, they're, they're, like, they're like not about that life so ed warren um, no he just told her uh i'll get back to you like literally <laughs> verbatim that's what he told her i'll get back to you this woman is terrified asking for an exorcism and that's what he tells her okay so he calls his priest friend because apparently he has a priest friend. Right. And he We asks, all have a priest friend. I don't have a priest friend. I don't have a priest friend. <laughs> I don't at all. Shelby, do you have a priest friend? Three, yes. Three? He used to be Catholic, though, so oh, that's maybe true. that would make yeah. sense. Okay, so he goes to see his priest friend and says, hey, do you have a book with an exorcism in it? And literally his priest friend goes, are you kidding? And then leads him 
into this literally an 1800s book with a liturgy with the rite of exorcism in it. So up until like the late 80s, they actually did use the same exorcism ritual yes. from the 1800s. Which is like insane to me. Now it's updated. I'm pretty sure it's like gender neutral or something. Wait, do you think it has like right. emojis and shit in it? 21st yes. century demons. That's what we 100%. need. A hundred percent. It has emojis. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like get the poop out of this kid. That's what it says. Get the poo out of the kid. Mm-hmm. That feels that feels real. Um, okay. I've seen it. So liturgy of exorcism, right? He's got it. Right. And so then he he tells this woman, okay. Uh, he goes to the house, and as he's walking up to the house, he's like, okay, it's a really fucking creepy house. It is a, a mid-1800s house. It has a widow's walk on it's it. It's a mid-1800s house in fucking Georgia. Of course it's going to be creepy. Right? Okay, so... And but it's out in the middle of can, literally nowhere. Can like, the widow's walk see the sea, though? Because <laughs> otherwise it's a stupid widow's walk. Like, my what house the I grew fuck? up... The house I grew up in had a widow's walk, and it was not visible from the sea. It was landlocked, stupid. you guys. It's a landlocked because it's walk. fucking Missouri. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so there's this widow's walk adding to the element of overall creepiness. Great. Um, He goes in, and he's wearing his robes. He's got his wool stole. He brought his chaplain's assistant to, like, lend credibility to this entire ceremony. Mm -hmm. And he goes in there, and he starts doing it. And the way he describes it is, and that's when the abba-dabba-dabba-dabba happened. And I'm like, uh, okay. The what? Uh, yeah, no, he described it as abba dabba 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 It was that Swedish band that sang Dancing Queen. Bravo. Um, <laughs> I've watched enough Mamma Mia to know that there is no exorcism in that. Trust maybe, me. Maybe we missed the meaning behind Mamma Mia. The whole boule boo scene, exorcism. You're welcome, explained us by the Queen City Creeps. <laughs> I have a new fanfic to write tonight. So yes, I would read that. Okay, so he, he does this entire ceremony. Her friends are there. Her husband thinks she's full of shit. And uh, my grandpa even borrowed one of those, you know, holy water dispensers. Hold on. As a Methodist priest, your grandfather was like, I'm going to read this Catholic exorcism and handle this lady. That is correct, sir. (laughs) Okay. Continue. Okay. um, Good job, Catholics. Good job, Catholic. (laughs) Good job, Methodists. The Catholics wrote this shit. The Methodists are just trying to, like, overtake their culture. I'm proud of them, too, then. Okay. Continue. (laughs) Okay, so he's, like, dispensing holy water, and then he ends with a um, seven-minute benediction, uh, and then... Do... Hold on. Do Methodists do benedictions? Yes. Are anybody in the crowd Methodist? Raise your hand if you're Methodist. Do you do benedictions like a Catholic? Yes. Get up here. Tell me this. Rachel? I grew up Methodist. I don't believe you. I'm discounting the fact that you do a I'm discounting the fact that you do benediction. Trust the token Methodist. She knows. (laughs) It's fine. I'm I'm Lutheran. It's like Catholic light. We know nothing. (laughs) Okay, continue. Alright, continue. So he does that and then it ends, the ceremony ends with expelling the spirit back from whence it came. Right. Cool. I've seen the exorcist. Right, so you know. Right. Uh, as they're walking out, the chaplain assistant asks my grandma. Did you just say as you're walking out or no, walking out? <laughs> Both, maybe? I don't know his life. I don't know. Uh, so as they're walking out, he asks the chaplain, or the chaplain assistant asks him, um, was that really full of holy water? And my grandpa said it depends on how you spell the word holy. What? I 
like her grandpa. It was I like him yeah, too. For sure. He basically just went there for like literally he said shits and grits, okay? Perfect. Like, he doesn't believe in the ceremony at all, okay? Okay. So he leaves and the woman's feeling better, so he's like, All right, whatever, job well done. The next morning, they call my grandpa and they say, I don't know what happened, but our house burned down last night. Wait, what? Oh. The, wait, the lady that your grandpa exercised, not jazzercised, but exercised, her house burned the fuck down. Yes, right after my grandpa did an exorcism. Wait, was it the exorcism <laughs> of the lady or the house? The house. It was the, the house. house. Okay. It was the house. Okay. Hey, the only exorcism of a house has been the Hinsdale house. No, there's been multiple other ones. That's bullshit. No. Not ordained by haunting, the Catholic Church. I'm not going to find anything about this. We're in front of a live crowd. Haunting Connecticut happened, and it was an exorcism of the house. Okay, hold on. Who believes me over Jennifer? Clap. I read a book about it, guys. Nope, oh, no Oh, I'm clearly going with Jennifer. There I go. Thank you. There I go. No one. You win. No. It's the bangs. Continue. It's no one believes you. Sorry. No one believes me. Uh, yeah, so so that's really the story. The house burned down. They couldn't figure out what happened, and the insurance money paid for everything. So was she? Yeah, insurance. Fuck yeah, insurance. Yeah, insurance money. Fantastic. Only insurance. That's the moral. So of the hold story. on. So was she okay after? He lost touch with them. They stopped calling him. Oh, okay. Admittedly, and he her husband was discharged soon after. So. Okay, gotcha. Shrugs. So she might be okay. She's probably fine. Yeah, she's okay. She, she sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, Allison, and that's you're amazing. I loved it. Thank you. I loved everything about that. Thank you. I'm glad I delivered. Okay. Perfect. Yes. All right, Allison, Thanks. you guys. Thanks, Woo! Allison. Shelby. Would you like me to go ahead and do this story real quick? Get it out of the way. I kind of want you to do this story real quick. I'm actually really excited about it. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, cannibalism. Uh, that's a that's a hot button issue these days, right? A lot of people eating people. You Who's know. Who's excited about cannibalism? These fuckers will care for anything. Some people are hungry, Nicole, and they need to eat. Okay, whatever. Shelby, continue. We'll figure it out. So, I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Carl Dinka. So he was born August 12th, 1870, you remember, uh, the son of a wealthy farmer in Oberkunzendorf. I'm sorry I love Hold Europe on. so much. Why does Shelby always tell stories about Germany? Because Europe is fucked. Literally every time we've done this recently, you've talked about Germany. I love Germany. Did you say Oberkunzendorf? Oberkunzendorf. Oberkunzendorf. You're welcome. Oberkunzendorf. There we go. That's okay, wonderful. perfect. Now we're there. It's near present-day Zbysh, Poland, by the way, <laughs> oh, if that okay. helps anything. cool. So, uh, he was supposed to be a farmer, like we all were at some point, He was I'm supposed sure. to be a farmer? The goal was to be a farmer. Okay. But old Carl didn't quite work out that way. He tried to be a farmer for quite some time after his father's death, and ended up just tanking the family farm, so he decided to sell it off. He moved to Zbysh, like the close Zbysh? city. Zbysh? Like Zbysh the city, or Zbysh like the beach? Like Zbysh, Poland. Okay, there cool. we go. So he moved to this city, bought a uh, bought an apartment there with an attached shop. I guess shanty, an he, attached shanty. I mean, this is 
World War One era. So yeah, I mean it's so probably a shanty. shanty. Yeah, Mostly gotcha. A shanty. Perfect. So he bought this thing and was selling a lot of goods out of it, whatever the case might be. But he was ultimately like he was well liked in his community. He was an organist in the church, and he was uh, he was always offering strangers a place to stay. Which seems like a red flag now. I get that, but no, World I mean, War One. We have Airbnbs. That's like offering strangers a place to stay with a paper trail, though. That's a little different. Well, that's true. I mean, accurate. Okay, continue. So, in the community, as well like this guy was, they they called him Papa Dinky. Like this was the this was the dad figure of the town. So he was Big Daddy Dinky. Big Daddy Dinky. That Perfect. was the guy. Yeah, and. Uh, Again, he was often offering lodging to vagrants passing through town, like you do in pre well pre World War Two anyway. I feel like Poland. I've heard this story before, and it was a woman, and she killed everyone. Well, I hate to ruin the ending, but yeah, that's where we're going with this. Spoilers: There was a murder. Yeah. So on December twenty one, nineteen twenty four. Again, you remember it? Yeah. Uh, there. It was a good year. What? It was a great year. Yeah, man. Big fan. <laughs> so there's a coachman. His name was Gabriel. I don't know why they included that in this story, but I'm going to include it as well. It's local color. It's important. Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, He's Gabriel. Good dude. Yeah. So he heard cries from hell that were coming from Papa Dinky's room. So he rushed down to help, and he found a young man named Vincenzo Olivier staggering along the corridor with blood streaming from his open scalp. His open scalp? Wide open. Like his scalp. Like, like his it. head. Yeah, no, that's where the scalp is. Okay, right. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. be- before he was unconscious and dead, he managed to say that, that Papa Dinky had attacked him with an axe. So, all of a sudden, the, uh, the thing starts to unwind a bit. If I was going to scalp someone, I don't know that I'd necessarily use an axe. I feel like you want something with a little more dexterity. It's quicker. Accuracy. I'm just saying. I only own an Thank axe. You. Thank you, Allison. I am very poor after World War One. I. I own an axe, and that's how I murder people. Okay, well, if you want to axe people delicately, that's your business, not mine. Thanks. So anyway, uh, the police were summoned. They arrested Papa Denki, and they went through his apartment for evidence. They ended up finding identification papers for 12 traveling journeymen, plus a bunch of items of male clothing, which seems familiar at this point. Male clothing? Yeah, I mean, he was also a male, but I'm assuming, based on the uh, the autopsy photo, he's a big fella. And these were little fellas. These were little fellas. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So then in the kitchen, there were two large tubs that held meat pickled in brine. We can guess where that might have come from. Didn't we just have a conversation about how we save things in meat? Or in salt? In, yes, I, I pickle <laughs> all my things in, in meat. Yes. Perfect. I wrap bacon around things I care about. I also wrap bacon around things I care about. Yeah. If I ever wrap you in bacon, dear audience, you know that I really care about you. You're welcome. One long strip of bacon, yes. So between that, and they also found a bunch of assorted bones and like pots of like melted fat. Ugh. Okay. So again, this guy owned a store that he sold things out of. Super fight cubby right now. It's a little fight clubby, if I'm being honest okay, with you. Okay, continue. Sweeney Todd, maybe? Yeah, that's... Yeah? Yeah, 100%. So, ultimately, the detectives figured out that it added up to between 30 and 40 victims, which is all the people that he had invited into his house over the course of the past year just to stay the night. And no one ever saw him again, because they're vagrants. No one cares. It's World War II, and no one vagrants. cares. Right. 
So then they looked in his, his ledger, his diary of sorts. This, how many times have I said do not keep a diary? So many times. iPhone notes, don't do it. That's like 30% of why I don't keep a diary, Exactly, actually. me yeah. too. Also, I don't remember to write in it at the end of the day. Oh. So in, in his ledger, they, okay. found, they found names and dates with the respective weights of the bodies. The weights? Yeah, because you have to know what you're selling. You have to keep an inventory. Right. Super detailed, yeah. Uh, pickling back to 1921. So you've been doing this for three years by the time they actually caught this guy. Three years? Yes. So, regardless of that, basically what was going on, we find out later, is that this guy was taking human remains and pickling them in brine to sell them in his store uh, as meat. He, he sold them as pork. He also made, like, leather suspenders, leather shoelaces, all kinds of leather shit. Like, probably some ornate wallet. I have no idea. An ornate wallet? That wasn't in the in the story, but I assume there's an ornate wallet oh, in the Oh, for sure. You right, can sell obviously. an ornate wallet. Yeah. I, know yeah. a few, I know a few leather workers, and they're really into wallets for some reason. <laughs> so. Who isn't? Who isn't into wallets? So, to go long and short on this story, uh, he was taken into custody. He ended up killing himself that night. So, we really don't have an answer as to why he did any of this, short of the fact that it was... Post World War One, and meat was in a shortage. So but next, he, didn't he give away meat though too, like to the community? He gave away it to the to the people that needed it. Yes, the so people like could Robin afford Hood, it. He really. didn't give it to. But. He's like a cannibal Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is much yeah. like a cannibal Robin Hood. Yes, <laughs> we'll go with that. Fuck. Okay. Cool. So anyway, that's the uh, the story of Carl Denka. So. Enjoy the the Polish cannibalism while you can, I suppose. So, um, let's see here. We were going to do a story from the audience. Do you want to do an icebreaker question first? I mean, let's see if the audience has an icebreaker for us. Does anyone have any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like to ask us? Other than Justin, because it'll be something inappropriate. No, I'll answer this real quick. Here. Okay, so Justin... She asked where we're from. Oh, it I'm seemed from easy. I'm from Nevada, Missouri. That's not a question, but thank you. Shelby's super fucking sexy. Yes, yes, and yes. has the most lustrous hair in the world. He tries his best. He does try. Perfect. Alright, so I'm from to answer the question from the lovely lady in the glasses. I am from Nevada. I came here for college, and I've been here ever since. So, I probably will never leave Springfield because I do really like Springfield. A lot. A lot, a lot. Shelby? Uh, I am from a bump in the road known as Jasper, Missouri. Whoop, whoop. Don't cheer for that. Uh, it is a it's garbage fire. It's no, it, why we're friends. No, it's a garbage fire. So... <laughs> We mostly have a gas station, a diner, and a meth problem. And okay. I absorbed uh, only a portion of that. I'll leave that up to you to decide. Take a guess. Take a wild guess. I'm fat. We'll go with no meth. <laughs> and I'm from uh, Jackson, Missouri. Probably none of you have heard of it. It's on southeast Missouri side. So, Are you in the boot heel? I am not. That's I'm fucking not. boring. It's up north. 
Oh. Up north of the boot hill. So you said northeast, but it's north of the boot hill. It's south. Did I say northeast? I feel like you said northeast. Did I she think say it's northeast? Southeast. I don't know. Regardless, it's boring because it's not the heel of the boot. Right. I, I love that you said that with a distinctly Jackson, Missouri accent, if I had to assume. Do you know people from Jackson, Missouri besides me? Vicky. Do you know that accent? We know Vicky. I, I know you sound That's like fair. when you drink. Which is exactly what I sound like. I sound like Jasper. What is your question? What is your drink of choice? Whiskey and Coke. A drink of choice. Yeah, that's fair. Mine's more like a rum and Diet Coke. Normally. Whiskey and Coke or PBR. Let's be real. I mean, given the choice, uh, I would take a nice uh, Sambuca that's on fire at the time (laughs) or a warm glass of PBR. Are, Are we recording a podcast? Then it's a beer. Right. Are we going hard and having fun? Whiskey and Coke. I just want to heal with you in my mouth. That's what I was trying to describe. Feel your mouth? Pee in my mouth. Oh. Okay. Warm PBR. This is, That's this the is joke. getting weird. Thank you for your question. You're amazing. I still think you're the cutest person. It's amazing. Okay. Anything else? Anyone? Going once? Going twice? Okay. We're going to start with another story. And fuck the audience. Fuck everyone. Okay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, Aaron? Aaron. Aaron? A ghost ran at my car. Please come tell us the story, although I already know it because I love you. I don't because I don't. You don't love Aaron? Not that I know of. You'll love her. Okay, cool. Hello, darling. Aaron drove all the way from St. Louis to hear us drink at this bar. I'm a sucker. <laughs> to hear us drink. I <laughs> love hear, that description. I drink very aggressively so you can hear it on the microphone. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, perfect. Aaron, tell us your tale. It's not that much of a story, but it's the only spooky story I really have. Like, when I was in college, the other Sarah, who I spent all my time with, and I would drive around randomly. Because so we like, weren't friends back in the day. What? We weren't friends back then. Yeah, this was before. Pre this Sarah. Yeah, yeah. So, we would drive around and, like, almost run into tornadoes and, like, you know, court danger and getting lost in the middle of nowhere. But one time we had been out and we were actually on our way back to Springfield and you could, like, sort of see the lights on the very bit of the edge of the horizon and stuff and, you know, it's like, whatever. Nothing really that exciting had happened. Right. But then we're we're driving along, it's just an open field to the left, and I don't know what really happened, because I don't really believe in ghosts. I love spooky things, but... Right, you're going to buy a haunted house. I mean, if it's haunted, that's a bonus, but... Yeah. But, uh, but I, I still don't know what it was I saw, but for the life of me, as far as I know, I saw a man running at me in what sort of looked like a uniform of some sort. What? Like a jumpsuit, uniform, some, I don't know. Wait, hold on. Shelby is wearing glasses and I am very confused because he was not wearing glasses a second ago. Turn back around, don't worry about it. Are you Clark Kenting this shit right now? You know who I am. I'm not Clark Kenting this shit. Sorry, Aaron, continue. 
It's professorial, Shelby. This is, it's kind of distracting slash arousing, so I'm just not going to look this way. <laughs> oh, okay. Second. Yeah. You look like you could teach me something. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes. Okay, continue. Uh, yeah, so, and it looked like this dude who looked just, like, not necessarily aggressive, but super desperate and maybe unhinged, was <laughs> running directly at the side of my car uh-huh. as I was driving, like, 50 miles an hour on, like, a country highway or whatever. Oh! And, but it was, like, an open field, bright moonlight, like... No weird fog. I was not, I had not woken up from a sleep or anything. So it's like, I just don't know what it was. That's so it's very unnerving. <laughs> Super fucking creepy and weird. Yeah, and I kept thinking I was gonna like look in the back seat and see him like sitting there for like. Do like, you like, think we... you were high at the time? No, actually, I was sober. Totally sober. Okay. Yeah, so. Perfect. I was less high than usual. <laughs> I was no higher than usual. Yeah. High on life. That's what it was. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank That's you, awesome. Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Hi. Who knows who Zach Baggins is? Anyone? Zach Baggins? Zach Baggins? Okay. I know Zach Baggins. Jennifer has a story that relates back to him and annoys the fuck out of me. So continue, Jennifer. It's at the end of the story, so don't get too excited, okay? They, so, don't, they don't sound that excited. Right. Are you guys excited? Yeah? Woo. Okay. Mutter whoops. I have a story about a demon house. So, paranormal, stick with me. Okay. So, sparking international media frenzy, a house in Gary, Indiana, was, according to two unnamed clairvoyants, besieged by 200 demons. 200? 200 demons. There's a lot of demons, house. Jennifer. In the one house in Gary, Indiana. In Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. <laughs> anyway, so it's a an alleged demon house. is uh, an ordinary white rental home um, in Gary, Indiana. And then, although not reported publicly until January 28, 2014... The strange events began soon after Latoya Hammond, or Ammon, sorry, moved into the house with her three children, then seven, nine, and twelve, and her mother, Rosa Campbell, in November 2011. At first, Campbell, who is the mother, uh, noticed an abundance of flies that swarmed their porch, and it was like... I mean, November, I think. That's disgusting. Yeah. So like their outside weird. porch? Or their inside porch? Like a screened-in type situation? No, they're not that fancy. They have the screened-in It's Gary, porch. Indiana. They're not that fancy. They're it's not the that outside fancy. porch. It's the outside porch. It's the outside porch. The summer porch, if you will. But soon after came noises that Ammons interpreted as footsteps on the basement stairs and the creaking of a basement door, consistent uh-huh. with the sounds of old homes, essentially. Yeah. I just bought a house in the, that was built in the 1940s. I can attest to the fact it's creepy as fuck. Exactly. But in one instance, um, her mother reported, uh, reportedly awoke to see a shadowy figure and leaped out of bed to find large, wet boot prints. Wait, what? Yeah, so she saw a shadowy figure. But ghosts don't wear boots, neither do demons. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's Ghosts weird. can't get wet. <laughs> Ghosts can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't know the rules cold. of ghosts. I don't know about it's this. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, boot prints, let's wear something a little different. Right. 
It's, I mean, it's it's very odd. Yeah, it's it odd. odd. It's very odd. But then again, it could have been any time that that boot print could have appeared. So, anyway, right. I don't believe it. Okay. But after a few months, the ghostly occurrences transformed into a full-blown case of poltergeist activity. We've talked about poltergeists before. I'm actually a fan of poltergeists. Yes. I'm not. They scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> Adolescence is a weird age, and I feel like if you add spirits to that, it just gets real messy. For sure. So, I don't like it. Yeah, but the oldest son told a child How psychologist... How old was the oldest son, do you know? Uh, was he, like, 13? It doesn't say, but it says the children were 7, 9, and 12. So, I don't 12. know which okay. one was which. So, probably, like... Angsty teenager. That makes sense. Probably. Yeah. Um, but he would told the so- child psychologist that doors would slam and <laughs> stuff started moving around yeah. just all the time. Uh-huh. And then the youngest son, according to Ammons, was once thrown from the bathroom when no one was even near him. He was so just, thrown out of the bathroom? Yes. I mean, puberty is a weird time for everybody. It yeah. is. We I'm all telling. experience it differently. If there's yeah. one bathroom and there's multiple teenagers, you're going to get thrown the fuck out. Like, it's just that simple. Right. E- I lived in a house with three other girls, or two other girls, and a teenage boy. Me too, one time. <laughs> I right. love you so much, Shelby, and your, your professor spectacles. <laughs> the glasses make it worse, the, I feel like. The glasses are really distracting to I'm me, sorry. actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> But anyway, no, so keep them on. Oh, I'm just God. saying they're nope, really distracting. It's over. <laughs> so right, continue. The continue, mo- J-Bo. The mother uh, once told somebody that the, if the children were not asleep by 11 in the evening, the spirits would come out and keep them up all night, throwing things and moving things in the home. Truth. Apparently, I don't know. That's how kids work. Yeah, man. yeah. But in March 2012, around 2 a.m. Family and friends were gathered at the house to mourn a loss of someone close. According to Ammons, she went on to check her kids to find her 12-year-old daughter unconsciously levitating above the bed. And without hesitation, everyone gathered around the child and began praying until she fell back asleep. I'm going to say, if I'm levitating above the bed, I want to be unconscious at the time. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just that I don't want to be conscious for that. Do you want to be conscious for that? I love floating. Does anybody else want to be conscious for levitating? What the fuck? No, no. that's creepy. No, Liz gets it. It's fine. Liz gets it. It's fine, Liz. <laughs> she said it's like flying but without the effort, you guys. I like it. I like Liz. I don't enjoy doing a lot of flapping. So. I just love that their first reaction was just to start praying. Yeah, that's a little weird. But, but whatever. Okay. This will help you. But the mother also claimed to have found her children speaking in tongues. So like the Pentecostal kids, I guess. Sure, so sure. Whatever. Um, but they also had bloodshot eyes, and they were sporting uh, sinister smirks. That sounds like a fucking teenager to me. No, they were fucking that's high on the weed. teenager ever, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sinister smirk, little bloodshot, high as fuck. Yeah. That- that sounds like me on sure. a Saturday morning is what it sounds like. Yeah. Like if we're being real here. <laughs> but her daughter said she felt like she was always being choked. Maybe she was into that. I don't know. I mean, she was 12. That's yeah. kind of fucked up. I good, don't think anybody... Good no. for her. <laughs> yeah. She, she learns what she likes 12. young. It's I was okay. 12. I'm okay with it. You were 14 and there was no choking involved that you told us about. I was 12 whenever I... Well, when I was 12. This is... 
scandalous. Anyway, I need to get through the story. I need to get through the story. (laughs) Yes, continue. Sorry. Um, But her youngest son would also lock himself up in the closet and talk to a boy that no one had ever seen. I mean, that's just an imaginary friend. That's not that weird. I feel like we've heard this already. Yeah. Yeah. But around April of that same year, Ammons gave up and sought help from a physician. During their visit, the two boys cursed out the entire staff of the hospital. Yeah. Um, a report filed by the Department of Child Services and police stated that one of the boys had been magically thrown against a wall. No. Magically thrown against a wall. So wait, the actual like hospital report said it was magically thrown against the wall. Sure. That's I didn't not, read the report, but those, those aren't hospital words. <laughs> That's not a medical term. Right? No, okay, not one it is bit. a medical term. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, continue. Um, so the youngest boy uh, kept growling and telling his brother he was going to kill him. I'm going to say my nephew says that sometimes. Yeah. But he began to hit his brother's stomach by headbutting him. Holy fuck. Yeah. But following that, he allegedly walked backward up onto a wall, made it to the ceiling, and did a flip and did landed he, on his feet. Did he crab walk up the wall? No, he just, like, walked backwards up all the way to the ceiling and just flipped. It's weird. I don't know. That is real weird. Maybe he was really, like, into parkour. I don't know his skill set. He was really into parkour. That's yeah. the obvious answer <laughs> to the question. He's super into parkour. So into it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, after that happened, the boys proceeded to pass out and were hospitalized afterwards. Holy fuck. But they were already in the hospital, so it's right. fine. Right. Yeah, they're already there. It's yeah. Fine. It's cool. But during that time, the children were examined by any signs of abuse, and the mother went through a psychological evaluation. To everyone's surprise, nothing was found. So Nothing at all? Nothing was found. So a psychological evaluation did nothing. Yeah. Okay, cool. But either way, uh, what had occurred... Totally legit. <laughs> What had occurred in front of the hospital staff and police uh, convinced uh, the Department of uh, Child Services to take custody of the children. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, some background on the mother. Uh, she's a very religious believer who has a high supernatural quotient. So she believes in invisible entities and consults clairvoyance. And one of the clairvoyants, or two of them, actually told them about the 200. And afterwards, she put up a, a whole altar called about Jesus and all that. The whole family. The whole family. The whole family. Is that a thing of Blue Moon just for us? Oh my god. OMG. Super excited. But she even told uh, medical personnel that her home had various demons and evil spirits due to someone dying in the home. And uh, that she had taken the children to various temples and churches to remove the demons. Uh-huh. Um, one psychologist said that Ammons did not appear to be experiencing symptoms in psychosis, but another wondered whether her religious nature may be mask, um, masking underlying delusions. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes Guaranteed. sense. Guaranteed. You think her religious nature could mask some delusions or some shit? I've never seen religion mask delusions ever before, but yeah, ever. maybe. Ever. Who's to say? You need to get that chicken strip away from me. No, it's fine. She's always I'm talking. Good. She's always talking. Oh She's always talking. So, um, 
the Department of Child Services removed the children from um, the mother, um, uh -huh. but the agency stated that she needed to employ alternate forms of discipline not directly related to religious and demon possession. Okay, so the Valid thing, point. Here's the thing, is that we talked about the Hinsdale House a million years ago, right? And about that, yeah. A million years ago. And this doctor was like, hey, this girl has blue eyes, I don't really understand it. They weren't like, hey, discipline your kids better. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Different times, I guess. Continue. Whatever. Um, Different but... times. <laughs> anyway, Ammons was permitted supervision or supervised visits, and after about six months, the children were returned to her in uh, November 2012. In 2012? Yes. Okay. Continue. But uh, meanwhile, while the children were away, there were multiple exorcisms performed by a priest called Michael L. Maganot. Okay. Um, but not not of the children who are supposedly possessed, but did put, or they did exorcisms of the mother who did not show any sort of possession, which is interesting. Still a good choice, I assume. Yeah. Okay, so getting to your favorite part about so Zach, Zach Baggins. Motherfucking Baggins. I hate Zach Baggins. So for anybody who doesn't know, Zach Baggins is from Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. Dun, dun, dun. Sure. Anyway, one yeah. of those channels. He wears like studded jeans and shit. Yes, and like yeah. affliction shirts. Uh huh. Right, really douchey. He afflicts me to no end. Right, but anyway, the reverend that was doing all the exorcisms actually contacted Zach um, to produce a documentary on the case. But he also signed a contract with Evergreen Media Holdings, um, whose chairman actually produced the horror movie The Conjuring. Which is one of my favorite horror movies, yeah. you guys. But it's amazing. <laughs> but apparently with a straight face, the reverend actually told a reporter that the reason he signed with Evergreen was that he felt that he would not sensationalize the case. Wait, what? But he fucking did The Conjuring. Okay, so The Conjuring, though, isn't that terrible? It's fine. And it's not that sensationalized. And the Warrens totally know what the fuck is up. And right, it's right, cool. right, 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 sure. Yes, Zach Baggins is a modern day Ed Warren, and I will fight anyone who disagrees. <laughs> sure, just saying. But so once the family actually moved out, another family uh, took the place of them right. um, and moved in, and they had no issues with hauntings at all. Okay. Um, and they didn't have any reported hauntings before the family moved in, uh -huh. which is also interesting. But um, the landlord actually sold the house eventually to Zach Baggins for $35,000. In Gary, for, Indiana, $35,000 is high price. But so, just so he can make this documentary, which is essentially just a long episode of Ghost Adventures. But they tore it down. Like, they tore it down at the end of the documentary, right? Right, yes. They did tear it down after filming. Okay. So, that makes perfect sense. But yeah. But you awesome. can currently go see this movie called Demon House. It was released in March, and it currently has a 5.8 rating on IMDb. Out of 10? Out of 10. Out, out of, of 100, yes. Out of a million. Yeah. Point. That's essentially it. Perfect. Hey, let's get somebody else up here. The last story. You know we play up two more in us. Okay. So, how many of you have listened to our Mary Vincent episode on the podcast? How many of you have heard... 7,300 people. Fantastic. Perfect. How many of you have 
heard me gush about Rachel motherfucking Johnson. Okay, so she's here, and she's gonna do an episode, or a story, not an episode, a story about a skull in a car. It's a personal life experience, you're all gonna be real excited. Sounds fucking neat. She's also got skull pineapples on her shirt, and it's really exciting to me. Welcome to the stage, please. That's amazing. I start. One, first thing, Shelby told me that tonight is a full moon, so I feel like it's a very appropriate evening to be having this. It's Second, a full blood moon, actually. Blood moon. We're so, going to sacrifice all of you later. You're welcome. Joke's on you. Hope you're excited. Just the virgins. You're safe. <laughs> uh, second, second Our entire comment. audience is fucked. That's <laughs> what you're telling me. Second commentary. Yes. Or not uh, During the cannibal story, um, uh, Sarah said, didn't he share his meat with the community? And I just want to say that's what she said. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so my story is, uh, so I'm from Springfield, but for a short amount of time, about a year and a half, I lived in North Dakota. And during that time, um, I worked at a museum. And one morning, I walk in, and I have two staff members. And uh, my staff members are going, yes, it's real. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. They were fighting over a skull. Well, that, that's like at first, I'm like, they're just going back and forth. And I was like, what are you guys talking about, being real or not? And they go, oh, the skull. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's so a human skull. Yeah. Whether or not it's real. And I, I had worked there for quite a while, and I, I had been working on an inventory. And this was in North Dakota? North Dakota. I feel like uh, if it's North Dakota, it's real. Devil's Lake, North Dakota. It's for like. sure real. Why would they even question it's that? So, um, I I was like, wait, I've been working here, and we've been doing inventory, and no one told me, you think you, we have a whole human skull? So I go downstairs and I look at it, uh-huh. and like, it's really lightweight, it has this patina to it, and I was like, guys, I think this is real. So um, I email some people in the museum community, and they get me in touch with a forensic anthropologist. Which is my favorite kind of anthropologist. Who lives in Grand Forks, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. Right. So I drive to Grand Forks, well, okay, I pack up the box. I pack up the skull in a box. It's all padded so it won't jostle around in the car. Yeah. I buckle it in. I you buckled a... it in? Yeah. Okay. To keep it safe, yeah, obviously. Exactly. I do that with, like, food. I so, used to, like, taste the beer. Yeah, I used to do that a yeah. lot, actually. So, obviously, you buckle in a skull. Yeah. Um, so, so, you're telling me that there's no one closer than Grand Forks to tell you that a human skull is a human skull. In Devil's fucking Lake, North Dakota, yes. That's unsettling. Wow. The safe assumption is that it's real. It's yeah. North Dakota. So I, I, I'm, and what I do also is take a Snapchat with me and the box and say, me and Bonesy hitting the road. Because <laughs> I was very irreverent, I guess. Um, That's fucked up and I love it. Yeah. That's why Rachel's our friend and she's been on the podcast two other times. So I, I drive to Grand Forks, hour and a half. So yeah. that's, that's the first hour and a half of the school being in my car. Um, I get to the forensic anthropologist. Uh She's like this really badass lady. She's like, 
Uh, first thing she does is picks up the scroll and looks at it and goes, Who are you? And so she gets out her calipers and like her special magnifying uh, camera uh-huh. and does all this badass forensic anthropologist shit. And then she tells me that based on her conclusions, it was a Native American, either a female under 20 or a male who hadn't hit puberty yet. Because apparently uh, males who hit puberty have a certain like crack in their skull, uh-huh. but up until then they resemble female skulls. I, I know okay. the one you're talking about, yeah. You, you know the crack in your skull that looks like a female until you're in your 20s? I can feel it. Do you still have oh, it? Okay. I can feel so it right now. Is it a bone happening? I'm trying to help, God We're trying to look at his crack in his skull. It's fine. I, I, I'm not a forensic anthropologist. I don't know where it's at. Okay, perfect. So continue. It's so, around. Uh, yeah. She tells me... The, the, so the reason that we have a skull at the museum I work at is because there was a dentist in the 1930s who gave us all of his stuff. Right. And when he was in dental school in the 1930s, he like they worked on real human skulls then in dental school. Um, That's so, what you have to do. Yeah, what are you they, supposed to do? They didn't have, like, plaster casts or anything. So, like... Huh? He what? Had, what? Did you say something? <laughs> he had an actual... Not a fucking thing. Oh. No. He had an actual human skull left over from dental school that he gave to the museum. So that's why we had it. Okay. Uh, so the forensic anthropologist, she was, like, based on the incisions in the skull from when he was in dental school, she's like, I can tell that this was already dead, dry bone before it was cut into. Like, okay. she can tell that. So she was like, based on the fact that this was already dry bone by 1930, I can rule it out of any, like, investigation right So now. you didn't have a murder victim in your car, is what you're telling me. That, well, I mean, all I know is that this person was already dead and their bones were dry by 1930. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, I get it. I've been there. And, but she was saying, like, <laughs> had this been a more recent skull, or had it looked like the skull was opened right after they died, I might have had to turn it over to the police. So, because she was like, I'm not going to let you take this home, except for the fact that I can tell that, like, this was already dead and dry. Right. 90 years ago. So, uh, she told me all that information. I actually got in touch with the local uh, Native American tribe, because they were going to help repatriate it. Um, Now that I'm back here, I I honestly believe that they're still working on that up in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. But, and here's the, the embarrassing clincher of my story, is... I hadn't eaten all day. I had driven. I had been at this at her office where she's running all these tests. Yeah. So the skull had to sit in my car while I ate Jimmy John's before yes. I went home. Okay, Jimmy John's is delicious. They're, they're God best. damn it! They're, they're not a sponsor, but no. it's fine. Talk about them. That's cool. So then I drove an hour and a half back home, and I don't think I played any music because I was like, I don't know what to play for. So that is how I drove with an actual human skull in my car for three hours total one day. Nice. Nice. That's Rachel Johnson, you guys. So we have time for probably one more, depending on the length of the story, we have time for one more person to come up here and talk to us. Okay. 
Perfect. I have a pitcher full of people. That sounds delicious. A pitcher full of people? Yes. We already talked about cannibals, so. Still Perfect. into it. You have a ball. Wait, is there. I'd rather have somebody volunteer than me draw a bunch of names of people that's not actually here. So get up here. Let's do it. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Tell us your name, where you're from. Heaven, and I'm from Nixon, Missouri. Ooh. Yeah, she is. Nice, nice. And your dad was up here earlier, right? Yeah, he was the first one. But you're actually here because of you, not because of him. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> That's fair. Perfect. Perfect. Woo, right, cool. not her dad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in the family. It's fine. So my story kind of goes off of what he had. It was kind of like the same house and the same ghost story, but I had totally different experiences. I saw things and I felt things instead of heard things. Uh-huh. So my first like terrifying ghost experience that I ever had in my life was I was about to take a shower and I got in and I hadn't even had time to do anything and I felt children's hands run down my back. Wait, what? Children's, yeah. children's hands? Children's like hands dogs? because they were small? Or? Like, like, like children's small hands child in the hands? Shower? What's the same damn ghost? Who cares? It's <laughs> so fucking creepy! Hands in the shower is it not was appropriate. Awful. It was my first How time for you. I was like seven or eight, and it was the first time Ma. that I actually like started believing in ghosts because I'm like, there's nothing in here but me, and I felt right. distinct hands. Okay. And uh, then everything started escalating from there. The older my younger sister got, the more the activity started uh-huh. rising. And so there was one time where I was having a girl a Girl Scout sleepover, and I had like I don't know 10, 11 girls over at my house. And so our house was kind of like we had the living room, and then we had a balcony that you could see uh-huh. from the from the second story into the living room. And uh, it was like, I don't know, one or two in the morning, and I woke up for some odd reason. And automatically I looked up to, like, the upstairs, and I don't know why, and I just saw this white figure with its arms crossed on the balcony watching all of us sleep. Ooh. And I wake up the girl that's sleeping beside me, and I, and I whisper to her, do you see this? And she starts freaking out. So I know I'm not, like, hallucinating or dreaming anything. So I decide to take her and move underneath the balcony so it can watch us. We can watch the other girls sleep. So we can, yeah. Uh, so we can go back to sleep, and I go back to sleep almost instantly because I'm used to it at this point. Right. And I wake up to my friend screaming and locking herself in my bedroom, and I eventually like tell her to come out. And she tells me that it's kind. Of, what she saw was legs hanging off the balcony, like someone sitting on a chair, uh-huh. but the waist wasn't there. And the, and the rest, okay. and the rest was standing over us, watching us sleep underneath the balcony. So it was like legs, hips, no, no, no body top. cavity yeah. type situation. Torso watching you. Yes. Okay, that's. Thanks for the update, Sarah. Horrifying. <laughs> it was awful. I was spelling it out very clearly for people. And Shelby, I would see shut your Now I'm scared. Thank you for that. We weren't scared before. We have a dad and a daughter. Back over there. You get. <laughs> Who are telling us about this creepy ass haunted house from the Civil War in the southeast side of Springfield? It's south of Sunshine. That's terrifying to me. Yeah, it's Civil War territory at that And point. I would Ma. see these apparitions all the time. Like, I would wake up at the same time every night and I'd see, <coughs> excuse me, and I'd see these mists of people standing at the foot of my bed and I'd run huh? to my parents' room and sleep with them until I was like 11 because I was terrified. Ugh. And, <coughs> Do you and need a beer? Do you, we have, 
We have water. water. I have water. Uh, it's fine. Okay, cool. And then, so, I would go to my parents' room, and the, my parents' room, they had their door open all the time, and their bed was situated to where you could see straight to the hallway. And you would see the stairs going up, and the hallway wrap around. Uh-huh. <coughs> and so I would watch outside the room, because I didn't want to go to sleep, because I was terrified. Right. And I would see these mists walk up from around the hallway and up the stairs. Uh-huh. <coughs> Yes. But did you ever accept the Confederacy into your heart? Because once you accept the Confederacy, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that shit anymore. It's fine. <laughs> and then, so I'd wake up my parents. <clears throat> and I would see that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I've got, like, jalapeno poppers in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. It's fine. And so I would wake up my mom, and I'd be like, do you see these things? And she would be like, what things? And we'd turn back to the hallway and there'd be nothing. They'd go like, and it would be only until I got older that I realized that they weren't what I thought they were. Because when I was little, I would be like, why are there pirates in the hallway? Why are they going upstairs? And then I realized that I was seeing hats and bayonets and old sol- Civil War soldiers walking through our hallway and upstairs, which is where on the reports they had the hospital beds. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's freaky as fuck. Yeah, that's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. I want to go visit this house. I mean, yeah, me too. Do you yeah, still live too, in this house? No, we rented it, and once we rented it, the activity got very angry, and that's when it burned itself down. Oh! Okay. I, I, I've been in rental houses, and they're always shit, so I get it. Like, yes, also yes. Dang it. Or they were tired of all the fucking meth fumes and the pipes they didn't fix. Shelby's, of Shelby's house, not of your guys' house, right. because that insinuation is horrible. Horrible. Shelby. We, we do math at my house. <laughs> I heard you do math. We do. I heard that too, actually. We- from if out you there. listen to this podcast, you know we don't do math, actually. Shelby so. was math club president in <laughs> high school, so <laughs> shut the fuck up. Does someone just cheer for we don't do math? <laughs> Who doesn't cheer for we don't do math? I fucking saw it, man. Doesn't feel good. Oh, God. It's really 15 minutes. Do you want to do one more? Does anybody else have a story they want to do? Anybody else? Thank you so much for coming. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you. That was amazing. I'm, I'm also sorry your house burned down. That's really bad, but also really interesting to me. So. Sorry about your house. That was a great story. <laughs> that was a really good story, but sorry about your house. Bridget? Bridget, you want to come tell us your story about your gypsies? All right, Bridget. Woohoo! Bridget! Somebody's going to the bathroom, but we're going to applaud for her anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you Bridget? She is Bridget, I know Good her. Good for you, shit. We're friends on Facebook and in real life. <laughs> Perfect. Hi, Bridget. Hello. How are you? Not I bad. would read your, your slip out loud, but I threw it and I don't know where it went. Okay. Well, nothing terribly um, creepy necessarily, but um, what I wrote on the card was that my family, my mother's side of the family, often jokes that we're um, related to gypsies. Uh-huh. And so... Uh, as children, uh, my brother and I would often uh, have to deal with spirits. They would try to attach themselves to us. Oh, Lord. So, because you're gypsies or because something else happened? Um, we just do, kind of, I mean, it's been through the family. Like, it's we're not the first generation of, of that side of the family to have right. issues with it. So, uh, and then my younger cousins are having issues with them 
the spirits now. So often we just kind of uh, pass down the uh, what works for this generation. Hopefully it'll help for the next generation. Yeah. So, um, and uh, let's, I mean, it can range. My brother had issues with um, Indians. I know, like, that sounds really bad, but, like, Native Americans okay. from the area um, would attach themselves and uh, we'd have to be kind of forceful and get him to say, you know, you need to leave me alone, those kind of things. So is it like a like a gypsy exorcism or, like, what? what's the situation mm. there? Um, more of, like, um, I would say it's more like, we joke it's gypsies, but I would say more of, like, an empath. Okay. Like spirits would try to connect with us. Oh, okay. Attach that way. Okay. Um, like, uh, my old, I've got some older cousins that had to actually have exorcism. So when you guys talked about that, um, oh wow! So uh, we had one. I think she was a teenager from the '60s. So pretty much a hippie, attached herself and actually um, caused, tried to get my cousin, the, the human, the live yeah. person, to commit suicide when she was in high school. Holy what? shit! That's so, crazy. That's serious business. Um, so we've had a little bit of things with that, but it's only on my mom's side. Okay. Um, and then for me, it's more of like uh, I knew the exact moment my my grandfather passed. Uh, I was in Illinois. I was working uh, at a school up there, and just happened to decide mm-hmm. to take a walk, and I knew the the moment he hit pass. Oh wow! And I called my grandmother, and she's like, "How did you know?" I was like, "I just there's just." this feeling um my grandfather would always like when we were me and my brother were playing uh at the house he would just grab one of us whoever he could kind of by the scruff of our necks mm-hmm. and i could just he just one last time get had a good wrinkle of my neck and uh and then i knew he was gone i mean he, he had some uh issues and just needed to move on but like, yeah i i knew it was like he's gone it's so, like it was the weirdest feeling, the saddest feeling, all yeah. wrapped into one. Holy crap. So it's, This sounds a little more intense than what I would want in my everyday life, I feel like. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm just like a normal like German immigrant type <laughs> family background. Right. I think. I, I'm sad for this. I'm sad for your family. Of all the German shit I was sad for, this is the one. Yeah, this, this is the it. thing I chose to be sad about. <laughs> Sarah, did you notice that Shelby put his glasses on? Are you distracted? Get the fuck out of here. You're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. The glasses don't do it for me at all. So we're sitting at 8.21. We have nine minutes. Shall we call another witness? Or shall we just make some shit up? Or does anybody have any questions that they'd love to ask us instead of just a story? Questions? This can- March of this year, we started. So, so, so we met a long time before that, though. Yes, it was there was several months before that where it was just like I don't fucking like these people, and that was when they were like, "You want to start a podcast?" And we have a recording studio in my basement. So yeah, let's do that. We would sit around on Friday afternoons and just talk about weird shit, and then finally I recorded an afternoon of us talking about like Annabelle or something in my Un- office. Unbeknownst to me. Whatever you knew, and you were talking about like. Um, uh, holy water. It's bad. You can hear my chair squeak. It's on my iPhone. It's like a memo. It's That's not fair. great. It's really, really bad. Anyway, so it was hilarious. And I was like, listen, we need to get Shelby involved because Shelby's the funniest one out of all of us. And then it kind of went from there. 
I feel like that's what happened. Additional questions. <laughs> All right, I'm calling it. Fan fucking tastic. So here's the deal. I like one point, one paranormal experience I'll talk about. Okay. I have oh, one. You have okay. one. I have one. And we were in a room full of people who don't give a shit at this point. So here I am to tell you this story. So at one point in my life, uh, I was, again, inexplicably young. Let's okay. say Let's say three. I was three years old. Were you so actually problem. three years Is old? I heard the vacation story and knew you weren't actually six. I don't know that you weren't actually three, which makes me really fucking uncomfortable. I was, I was 14-ish. 14-ish. Okay, so 14-ish. Okay, so after the Shelby Awakening. So, there was an incident an where incident. a person that I cared for very much ended her life by, by her own accord, whatever, that's how that goes. And I got into a weird habit of smoking myself to sleep on the weeds and also doing my other drugs, whatever. I, I had a... There was a longer list of shit that I would do before bed. But right. Regardless, the We're not going to talk point. about the masturbatory activities. Yeah, God, God forbid we talk about all the things that I have done. Right. But, so, I remember one night, I had fallen asleep on the couch... And I was trying to get to bed, but I couldn't really get off the couch, so I was fucking high as shit. I was fucking done. I couldn't do anything that mm-hmm. night. So I finally got to the point where I could actually get off the couch, and I rose up triumphantly, and I was like, let's fucking go out back and smoke a cigarette. That'd be fucking cool. Shit. That'd be so cool. Yeah, because I, so I was like four at the time, so I was smoking cigarettes, right? Right. So, anyway, like you do, at four years old. Like four-year-olds do, yeah. So uh, I walked to the back porch... And this was shortly after my friend had... Don't mind that. That's a lot of noise. Sorry, you guys. It is much noise. I apologize. This was shortly after my friend had had committed suicide, so it kind of caught me off guard, I guess. But I had been very not there for a good portion of the evening. Right. Like you would for the next, you know, 17 years after that event. After masturbating and smoking pot, yes. I wouldn't be there either. But you do it at the same time, it gets it out of the way twice as fast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you only have two hands. Yeah. It's fine. So at the end of the day, I had been smoking Again, pot. my mom is here, so let's keep that in mind. Hi, Mom. I'll see you after the event. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. God. So I had been masturbating, smoking pot. Right. And whatever. Long series of things. But it all kind of sank in at a certain point. I was walking back to the bedroom. Uh-huh. So I went to the bedroom, and I reached out, and what I felt when I grabbed the door handle was a human hand. No. 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 Was a human hand. Bear in was mind. It, was it your hand? Bear in mind. <laughs> Why I, is your hand on my shoulder right now? I so don't you, feel comfortable with so this. So you know how it feels. Okay. The point I'm trying to make is, this meaty. is not what was happening at the time. It feels meaty. There was no warm human hand right here. It was me reaching out to the door handle and grabbing a human hand that was very cold and scaring the absolute fuck out of me. Jennifer, what does my face look like right now? She's terrified. <laughs> She's horrified, really. Do, do you have a, a series of note cards over there that you can tell how she feels about things? I need to make some. Yeah, you do. Okay. So anyway, that was the thing that I had to went to a paranormal experience uh-huh. because I... Was really drunk. I walked down the hall and I grabbed a human's hand 
a cold but what did you what did you that do did after go- that did you tell anybody he did you jerked it some more it's fine right, right. i screamed my absolute dick off <laughs> right right obviously. my mom came out as soon as i was having an episode accurate <laughs> One of your episodes. An episode. One of the several, yes. Yeah. I was not a well child. Yeah. I mean, you've seen me. But she didn't seek treatment, so great news, I'm still here. You're still here with us. That's pretty cool. That's terrifying. Yeah. I'm no, so glad know. we ended on that. That makes me really happy. That's what I was shooting for. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Oh, All fuck. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, and we have a napkin... What? Is that some <laughs> some handsome man's number? No, but I'm going to put it on you your wall beneath awesome. that George Washington pony, pa- painting I'm giving you. Pony, yes. The George Washington pony I'm giving you. Did, All right, Did so. Liz already leave? I don't know. Oh. Where's she at? Well, anyway, Liz, so, we love you. We, Liz, we love you. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook or Instagram. We will be uploading a new episode on Monday if you guys just can't get enough after this. And we'll hopefully hear from you soon. Thanks and have a good night. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for listening to our live episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to Facebook us, Instagram us, or hit us up at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. Bye.